This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Good Sunday afternoon, everybody, and we welcome you to the Larry Hardesty Show here on 98.7 ESPN in New York. What a gorgeous Sunday. A little cooler weather. Nice. So wherever you are, maybe you're headed to the golf course, headed to pick up some stuff for a barbecue in the backyard, just hanging out. Thanks for joining us at 1-800-919-3776. Also, hit us up on X, X, formerly Twitter, at Hardest to ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Tom and Joe along the way. Oh, by the way, we have company coming. Pat Ragazzo of SI.com, who covers the Mets, will join us at uh, 1 o'clock, and we'll get his thoughts of what's happening. Of course, Tom, Joe, and I have our ear to the ground. If Dalvin Cook says yes, You'll hear about it right here on 98.7 ESPN. No question about it, so make sure you hang with us. Before we get started, and there's several reasons why I am in such an unbelievable mood today. Okay. First of all, yesterday, Jeanette and I had the pleasure of watching our granddaughter amongst a plethora of other very talented young ladies in a dance recital that was held at the Promise Academy over in Harlem, uh, USA, good to be back home. You know, proud. Of, I was a young man, grew up in Harlem, attended City College of New York, so it was good to be back in the old neighborhood. And I have to shout out um, uh, Serena Bethel and uh, Shantika Harvin, who were the dance instructors for these young ladies. They were tremendous. They were outstanding. And also uh, Antoine Forehand uh, is the high school program coordinator. He did a great job emceeing. There's a number of, of great staff like Ashley Boone and others who did a tremendous job helping those young ladies out. And it was it was just a treat to watch them yesterday. And of course, my granddaughter was outstanding. I might have been a little bit biased, just a little bit, but she was outstanding. So kudos to those folks. You know, we, we talk a lot about the negativity of our young people. And so I just thought today it would be great to start off with some positivity about some young folks and some great people who are doing some great things with our young people moving forward because they are the future of our country, right? So good news about them. The other reason why I'm in such fan in such a fantastic move, how many times have you heard me say over the past maybe month or so, just put me out of my misery? How many times have you heard me say that? How many times did you hear me say, well, I'm waiting until August 1st that they could get, they, they could be 500 by August 1st, that you know, maybe the Mets could do that. Maybe I, 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 I would be on board with them making a playoff spot, but if not, it's over. <laughs> it's over. It's over. The Mets are done. D-U-N, done. <laughs> it started with a David Robertson trade on Friday night. Max Scherzer said, what the heck is going on? They said to him, see ya. So he is now a Texas Ranger. He gets to be reunited with Jacob DeGrom. And as we hear from Jeff Passan, who was on SportsCenter, what was really, really interesting about this was, which was part of the reason why Scherzer was able to go to Texas, he wanted to be a Ranger. Max Scherzer wanted to be a Texas Ranger, and it was as simple as that. I think he saw the trajectory of the New York Mets this season failing to really do anything despite the largest payroll in Major League Baseball history and that of the Texas Rangers, which is ascendant starting with Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon two years ago. And while the Jacob deGrom signing actually wound up paving the way for Scherzer to come because he got hurt, 
He realized that he has got a better chance in these later years of his career of winning a World Series in Texas than he was going to in New York. And that is an indictment mm -hmm. on what's happened to the Mets this season. Yeah, it is, Jeff. There's no question about it. All right, let's get some Met reaction. Let's go to Pete Alonso. Here's Pete Alonso on the Scherzer deal. Uh, I didn't really see him around today, so that's when I know it was like, oh, man, like this is this is legit. This isn't just like clickbait or anything like that that you see. But as soon as I didn't see Max around the clubhouse, I was like, as soon as I heard him, I'm like, there's no way. And and then I didn't see him. I was kind of like kind of like looking for him. I'm like, oh, man, this is this is legit then if I haven't seen him around. So, yeah, it's a loss for us for sure. I mean, obviously having a guy who's going to be a Hall of Famer get traded away stinks. He's a good friend of mine. He's a great teammate. And, yeah, Texas is going to really love having him. Yeah, there's no question about it, unless he pitches like he did for most for a lot of this season with the Mets. But he was starting to turn it around a little bit. So we'll see what happens as Max Scherzer now headed with the Texas Rangers. Pete Alonso, with the Scherzer trade and the Robinson trade, are you kind of wondering what's going on with you right now? I mean, like briefly thought about it. It's just one of those things where it's, it's out of my control. It's whatever. I mean, everything's obviously up to the, the higher ups. But I mean, I feel feel comfortable here. I mean, it's a, it's a great place to play. It's a great city. So it'd be kind of shocked, just as shocked as I was when I heard that Max got traded. All right. Let's ask, ask Brandon Nimmo, who really, for me, and I've said it on numerous occasions here on 98.7, he's been the most consistent Met. He's been the guy that's played the best. He's come up in big spots. He's had home runs. Maybe a little too much home run power, uh, home run happiness for me out of him, but he's trying to help score some runs. I can't, I can't kill him. A couple of misplays in the field, base running mistakes, but for the most part, Brandon Nemo's been the most consistent Met everyday player this season, and it's not even close. So, Brandon, are you questioning your future right now? You know, I'm sure Steve and Billy and I will have that conversation at some point. I can't really speculate as to, you know, next year right now. But as far as as far as this year goes, yeah, I mean, we're getting rid of some guys, you know. And so the guys that are left are just going to, you know, have to battle and be willing to fight every day. And we have to win a lot of different ways. So that's where the Mets are right now, and rightfully so. This is not a playoff team, ladies and gentlemen. This has not been a playoff team for most of the season. The only time they acted like a playoff team really was during that six-game winning streak. That was right before the All-Star break. That's when they, you got a feeling like, you know, hey, this is what this team should be. The pitching was right. The bullpen was good. You got some offense. This is what we expected from this team all season. And you know what? They didn't give it to you, plain and simple. So, Give credit to Steve Cohen. Although I will say this, and we'll hear from Jeff Passan on this, Scherzer to opt in in 2024. I mean, Steve Cohen paid 35, is going to pay 35 million of his two-year deal? Yikes. Here's Jeff Passan. Of the 58-plus million dollars that are owed to Max Scherzer for the rest of these year and two months or so of his deal, the Texas Rangers are going to be paying only $22.5 of that. And listen, they wanted to get this deal done because they wanted Max Scherzer to top their playoff rotation. But additionally, they feel like they came out of it with a really good deal because when it all came down to it, Max Scherzer did not want to opt in to that final year of his contract. But to get this deal done for Texas, that's exactly what they were asking for. And in the end, that's exactly what Max Scherzer did. And he did because... The Mets are paying most of the salary. And he figures they have a really good chance. And the Mets are going in, in the reverse. 
And so Steve Cohen, who took over this franchise as owner and indicated that he wanted to have a World Series with this team in five years. Now the question becomes, A, not only what's going to happen next, but how does the following moves affect next season? What's going to be the philosophy of this team next season? Because 2025 would be the last year of the five since he's taken over that he would have that World Series that he wants to have his goal in five years. So that's the tricky thing. Where will the Mets go next? Obviously, Justin Verlander. And here's the tricky thing with Verlander. He's really pitched well over his past, what, four outings, five outings? An ERA under two? He's been Verlander-like. And there's been teams that have been asking, what's the deal? Is he available? I mean, I even heard a rumor of Houston maybe wanting him back because they really only want to give him a one-year deal. That's the reason why he did not re-sign with Houston because Houston only wanted to give him a one-year contract. They weren't sure that he was going to be able to duplicate his Cy Young Award performance of last season. And I get it. They looked at the aides. They watched him. They saw him. I mean, remember, when he first came here, I told you my concern was pitchers are always better in Houston than when they leave Houston. (laughs) Maybe it's something in the water that they have down in Houston. I don't know what it is. But nevertheless, that's usually the case. So the question becomes, if indeed the Mets are willing to move him, where is he going to go? And then what does that do for next season? Okay, because then what it says is they're going to have to go out and sign some other free agent pitchers. But I guess the other free agent pitchers will be much younger. But will they be as effective? That's the question. 1-800-919-3776. One, get your thoughts. Obviously, Pat Ragazza will lock us in at 1 o'clock, and he'll give us some more Met news. But I want to get your feelings, Met fans. Where do you see this team going now? I mean, you know... They've gotten a couple of minor leaguers, but they're not exactly ready to come up. So has this been a good move so far? What are your thoughts? What are your expectations for this team this year and going forward? 1-800-919-3776. Also on X, at Hardest to ESPN, at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7. We'll come back and take your calls on 98.7 ESPN. Lose and put me out of my misery. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. You know what we do. On Sundays, we play a little music and talk a little sports. 1-800-919-3776. By the way, before I leave here today, I've got, you see this in my hand, Joe and Tom? I've got some eagle ticks. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. They're coming to the UBS Arena at Belmont Park in September on the 20th. You have a chance to check out the Eagles on their last tour. Hang out with me. Sometime before I say goodbye this afternoon, you have a chance to win a pair of Eagle tickets, courtesy of our friends here at 9870 ESPN. Let's head to you on the phones at 1-800-919-3776. Manny's in Flushing. Manny, start us off on ESPN. Good afternoon, Larry. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Manny. How are you, my friend? Good. Good, good. Shout out to your granddaughter and and also Harlem. You know, I had great, Absolutely. I had great memories of Harlem. Um, listen, the Mets, man. I mean, look, I'm sorry for you. Uh, listen, uh, look, I, 
Look, when people when when the fires of the season started, everybody thought, oh, the Mets were going to be the do uh, was going to do something. Uh, I did not predict that they were going to be a great. Um, I'm not a Mets fan, I'm a Yankee fan, but I I knew this team was. I, I thought this team was going to at least improve. But unfortunately, it has not been the case. Um, and I want to ask you this because you you mentioned about um, the owner's five year plan. Do you think it, it has been a disappointment? Manny, that's a great question. Uh, thanks for the phone call. Last year was last year was disappointing because you win 101 games. You still have trouble with with Atlanta late in the season, and you go out quickly against San Diego. But it, but you're thinking, okay, we'll build on that, and part of that is bringing Verlander in here. And yes, you know you lose Diaz. Okay, you lost him early. You knew you were gonna, weren't going to have him. But they just never kind of recovered from that. And I think the frustrating thing has been the problem with the everyday players. Yeah, you know, I mean, let's face it. You got older starters. Things happen. Injuries happen. All right? But it was – it's really also the lack of consistency from those starters. I mean, Carrasco was not what he was last year. Singa has been very good going forward. Peterson wasn't what he was last year. McGill wasn't what he was last year. So it's really been kind of a a disappointment all year long. There's no question this season is a failure. There's no question about it. Now the question becomes, what happens in the next three years? How do they recover? So before I'm ready to say, Manny, that Steve Cohen's tenure so far has been a failure, all right? I'm not ready to say that. But it's this season, how can you not say? It? It's a failure. This season is a failure. He knows it. That's why he has told his folks to sell. And let's go with the next step, which is, listen, let's build our farm system. And it looks like maybe the farm system wasn't as good as he thought it was. He was ready to go all in with these folks. You, you saw what you had here. You saw that you had some potential that you could do something, especially in the NL East. And it just hasn't it just hasn't worked out. So no question, this season was a failure. Last season was disappointing. I mean, you win 101 games, you can't say that's a failure. Yeah, it's a failure. Okay, we're supposed to get, supposed to, get to the World Series. Well, yeah, then you failed because you didn't get there. But at least you got to the postseason. This year, Manny, this is a big-time failure. You're not even the 500 ball club. Spike's in St. Pete. Hey, Spike. I see that big grin on your face. Did you uh, take your beautiful granddaughter around Convent Avenue and uh, show her where you start? Or did she introduce my, what are you, Poppy or Grandpa? What are you? I'm Pop-Pop. You're Pop-Pop. Okay. Yes, did you get I'm up Pop-Pop. there and show them to do the, uh, the moonwalk up there on stage? No, because her request to the family before she went was do not embarrass me. Oh, that wouldn't have been. That just would have raised the roof on the place. Are you kidding? No, that would have, no, that would have embarrassed her. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, the, listen, Spike, the moonwalk moon doesn't walk like it used to. <laughs> yeah, that, that's applicable to, to a lot of us, but we have the memories. That's what matters. And you had a great memory yesterday, and don't ever lose that memory. I'm sure I don't have to no, remind you. You don't have to worry about that. That's not happening. I'm sure she, sure she was beautiful, and the grandparents and the parents were 
very, very proud. It sounds like a great event. So here's yes. what I feel really good for you today. Forget the family stuff is just usurps anything else in your life, obviously. Mm-hmm. But the, the Mets, I'm glad. I'm glad it's over because, you know, San Diego proved it too. Now, I could be wrong with them because I told you the other night I'm wrong a lot, but I'm not wrong here. San Diego's accomplished nothing, spending a lot of money. Texas now has the Grom and Scherzer. I don't know how much of the salary the Mets doesn't matter. This guy, you know, he's loaded with money. It's very hard to build a farm system because the scouting in baseball is very organized. And they take these arms. Listen, the team that's two minutes away from me, you know, you go around downtown area, you see these guys all the time. They look like basketball players. One throws harder than the other. And they've mastered how to build the farm system. Yeah, and, absolutely. And I, but they can't go any further. They, they, they've only gotten so far. So if it's what San Diego did or what uh, the the Mets attempted to do, he may have to wait a little longer, but I think he has patience, and he got out at the right time. It wasn't happening this year. We all knew it, so why not take the fans? I just hope it's not a uh, graveyard there in August because teams will come in and bring the kids up. uh, Yeah, and I I like the infield. You've got to keep McNeil at second base. I know he's made some plays and misjudged balls and made some great throws. He's a mm-hmm. real gamer. You know, he, he's a baseball dog. So yeah. uh, he'll, he'll rebound well and enjoy your day. And uh, now you can organize yourself on some other things. But that's a beautiful day you had yesterday. Oh, there's no question about it, Spike. Thanks for the phone call. No question about it. And she's, she's just she's – just, Nova's just getting – growing up and getting older. and It's unbelievable. Seven going on, 17, 27, 37, something of that nature. Paul's in Long Beach. Hey, Paul, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry, first time, long time. How are you, man? I'm doing great, Paul. Thanks for checking in, man. I'm a Mets fan, Jets fan, 55 years, and uh, it's ugly. I'm very much looking forward to the football season, but I want to talk about the Mets. Then I got a quick question about Rodgers. For starters, I I used to – admire Scherzer, kind of a man's man, you know. Mm-hmm. What a disappointment. We're in this predicament to a large extent because he failed to pitch in any big game since he's here, and that's brutal. It was disappointing, Paul, and you go back to – and I think, look, he was great during the regular season, but the, the, the starts – and he wasn't alone – but the starts in Atlanta last year and what he did in San Diego was against San Diego was just just didn't produce. And then you go back to what brutal. happened this My, year, and it's just you know brutal. And now now he's bad. disappointed in in uh, in Epler. You yeah, know, come on, man. Number two, <laughs> number two. You know what? I don't love uh, Lindor and and Alonso hitting two twenty. But if they're going to go one hundred RBI and one hundred ten RBI at two twenty with the lack of other support in the lineup. You got to kind of take that. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. There's no soft. There's no soft hundred RBIs. You know, is McNeil hitting a soft two sixty five? Definitely. But there's no soft hundred RBIs, no matter how you slice it, right? I agree, Paul. That's today's. That's today's game, my friend. Thanks for the phone call. That's what it is. We don't look at averages now. All right. Now, would we like a two sixty average with those? 20-plus home runs and 100-plus ribs? Oh, absolutely we would. Oh, there's no question. That's exactly what we want. It's exactly what we want. But we'll settle for the 220 because it's about power. It's about launch angle. It's about exit velo. That's what the numbers say. But 
the guys who don't have that long ball power, Paul, those are the guys that we need a little more out of. You know, I need, because of his inconsistencies, and I don't look at McNeil as a long ball hitter, but because of that, that's why I need, maybe I need a 270, 275 from him. Okay? I need a, and even with the shift, I might need a 300. I mean, this is a guy who won a batting title last year against the shift. For Marte, I, I need a 280 with about 15, 20 RBIs. I mean, 15, 20 home runs and 80 to 95 RBIs. And I didn't get that. I did not get a lot of support for my top two guys. And my top two guys were inconsistent as well. So offensively, that's what happened to this team. You can look at the numbers, they'll tell you. This team just doesn't score runs consistently. They have not all season. That's the frustrating thing about this season. really is frustrating. 1-800-919-3776. We'll come back, take more of your phone calls, and we'll figure out, so what are the Mets going to do next? Because they're not done. It's clear they're not done. Guys like Pham and Connor, who whose contract is up, they might be telling their significant others, uh, start packing the boxes because I think we're moving. We'll hear from Jeff Passon next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. You could see Justin Verlander potentially move. Tommy Pham is a guy who could be going. In the bullpen, there's an array of options. The Mets are tearing this thing down right now. I think they want to wipe 2023 from their memory. And when you're going out and trading for young prospects like they did in the Robertson deal, and for someone like Acuna, who's probably a year or so away from the big league still, the focus may be even more on 2025 and 26 now than it is 2024. Oh, I'm out of my misery for this year, but according to the past, and I got, I got more misery, guys. <laughs> Hardesty on a Sunday on 9870 ESPN. Pat Regazzo at the top of the hour from SI.com. We'll talk more Mets talking with you, talking a little baseball. 1-800-919-3776. Columns in the Bronx. Column, talk to me. Uh, what's going on, Larry? Shout out to the company. So we'll change a little bit, talk about okay. the Yankees. Go ahead. Um, the, the Mets are clearly, obviously, they're selling, they're done, they're punting on the year. And, right. you know, the two options for the Yankees were to possibly sell and maybe reconstruct and rebuild, but we know that's a fantasy. We know they're never going to try to do any rebuild or fire Cashman or, or do anything like that. They're going to make a move to try to – see if they can make that last playoff spot and try to make a push towards the end. And they can't have both when it comes to keeping their prospects and keeping the guys they like and then also trying to make a legit push. If they keep the prospects, they're not going to get anybody that's going to make any difference. And I'm tired of hearing this stuff about Jason Dominguez and these prospects that we, that we think are going to be good and produce and be possibly all-stars when they get up here. If you're a great prospect you show it right away Vladimir Guerrero people were clamoring for they needed to see him up there there's plenty of prospects that show it early and often and they come up and they produce the Yankees have nobody like that so trade these guys because if you can get a guy like Juan Soto or Cody Bellinger that is a guaranteed player that could be an all-star for three out of the next five years go get him 
it's it's nonsense that they're going to try to do both and it's never going to work out. And that hasn't worked out for the last seven years, whatever they've been trying to do. I agree with you, Colin. Thanks for the phone call. Uh, if you're the Yankees right now, you have a decision to make. Trade deadline is Tuesday. The, the word was how, they, how the team did this weekend was going to try to give them an idea of what's happening. Okay, so you found out two things. A, you found out that Judge is back. And on his first night back, you didn't score. You were shut out. You lost one nothing. Okay? Yesterday, Judge hits a home run. Stan hits a home run. Offense looks great. IKF is rolling offensively. And you win 8-3. And then, afterwards, Aaron Boone says, I'm thinking we're sitting Aaron Judge. And then you're like, uh-oh. Where's the offense going? So for me, if I were a Yankee fan, here's what I'm hoping. And Joe and I were just talking during the break, Joe Leo, about the fact that Chicago has announced that Cody Bellinger not going to be traded. No, that's great. Because that slams the door. Go get Soto. Go get Soto. Then you don't have to worry about Soto again until a year from now. He's good this year. He's good next year. And then you figure out what you're going to do. All right? Go get Soto. What Colum said is right about these prospects. Okay? And we had this conversation during the week. How many prospects actually live up to what you think they're going to be? How many of them? I mean, even Francisco Alvarez... As a prospect, he's great. he's great this year. He's been a big surprise. He's one of the bright spots in a very brutal Met season. He's been fantastic. He's been everything people said about him offensively. Even though when he came up, he was struggling. He was swinging at everything. But when he connects, the ball leaves the ballpark. And he's been better defensively than we thought, and he has provided a great offense for this team. But that's now. Do I know that he's going to continue to be this way? I hope so. So when you have the opportunity to turn your prospects into a proven player, go with the proven player. I don't know what those prospects are going to be. So at this point, if Bellinger is not going to be for sale, not going to be available, and he was your number one person, knock on the door to San Diego. I mean, I know they, they are not really saying what's going on. But I thought Michael K during the week had some great observations. He said that the folks he has spoken to said that there's, you know, not exactly, it's not exactly kumbaya in the San Diego clubhouse. Maybe they think they need to make a change. Maybe they want to give up some of that money. Maybe they don't think they need to add. to, Or maybe they don't think they can sign them. Or maybe they don't want to sign it. Maybe they're going to go in a different direction. Now, it doesn't mean you're going to get him. And I'm sure Brian Cashman would make the phone call. But wouldn't that be better than you trying to get a rental for this season and hope it works next season? Wouldn't that be better to get a, better to get a proven player, left-hander, decent defensively, got some power, Got a swing for the stadium where he's going to play half his games. 
I mean, it makes sense to me. <laughs> I don't know about you. Makes sense to me. Ira's in Staten Island. What's up, Ira? Hey, good afternoon, Larry. And uh, sorry about the banner. You've got baseball. I just want to excited about the Jets today. Boy, I tell you, they rolled out the red carpet for Cook. And before you go off the air, if they don't announce it, I'd be stunned. I mean, from Woody on down, you know, they were with him. And I'll tell you, you know, Larry, I watch practice after practice. It's amazing what the NFL has turned into. It's really almost like a two-hand touch practice. Yeah. And, and you want, I mean, really, the first hour and 15 minutes is basically individual stuff. Then they do about 45 minutes, 7 on 7, 11 on 11. They don't really tackle anymore. And, but I will say this. I found it very coincidental that today was a run-heavy practice while Dalvin Cook was on the sideline. And actually, Michael Carter had his best day of the summer. Um, so we'll see. But at this point, I'd be stunned if they don't get Cook. And I'll tell you, Cook and Bruce Hall, once he gets back to speed this year, hopefully it'll be a second part of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a dynamic back-to-back. And who knows what's going to be with Carter. But at the end of the day, and all comes down to the offensive line, Larry, this team's ready to win now, man. I'm telling you, I see with my own eyes. They stay healthy. This is a really good team, best I've seen in decades. I hear you, Ira. Thanks for the phone call. Look, uh, I was, and we'll get to, I was intrigued by Ritzamini's article this morning and his tweet this morning when he said not only was Darvin Cook there, but he was taking a physical and then he was going to watch practice. He was taking a physical. So something's agreed to in principle, I would think. That's just me. That's just me. I would think that that's close. It's close. Okay? So we'll see what happens. And yes, the more weapons you have, the better off you are. Because this AFC is no joke. (laughs) It's no joke. We'll talk football a little bit later. We'll get back to our baseball calls next. It's Hardest Thing on a Sunday. 1-800-919-3776. We'll talk to you next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Pat Magazzo at the top of the hour. SI.com will update us on what the Mets may do next and what the Yankees may do. Curious about both. Send back to the phone to get your thoughts. Uh, let's go to Jose in Brooklyn. Jose, you are next on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, good afternoon, Larry. Shout out to the company. Uh, was at the softball event, and I learned baseball is not like basketball. You, you, you don't just, you know, pick pick up and start playing. <laughs> no, you don't. You know, like you got, no, you I got, had to get used, to, got had to get used to making some catchers and all of that. And oh man, it, it was it was totally, totally a, uh, a different experience where I was just like, yeah, I got to get back to it because you know this was it, it was pathetic for my standards. <laughs> it's a little bit different, Jose. A little bit different. And I see you were hanging out with legends yesterday. Oh, definitely. It was pretty pretty awesome. I I, I got to meet Ken Danico, who is always a Great guy. Uh, since I was a Devil fan, always an awesome treat. And, you know, I always remember that, you know, story of watching Yes, where we had the blackout and he, he was on Mike and, Mike and the Mad Dog, you know, with the Stanley Cup and all. So, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. so 
just to um, just taking a trip back back memory lane to talk about the Yankees because you know me me uh, I was hearing my boy call him who, who was awesome. Um, we, we were definitely um, uh, on the same team, so we were just going back and forth with it as well. And I totally see his point of trading the you know some of these prospects for the future superstar because you know they're. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that you know Peraza or Dominguez to me is a is a prospect that you hold on to where you're kind of seeing some of their warts even at the minor league level. Uh-huh. You know, you b- might as well you know part ways with them. It's just more of like you know when I hear like you know even though he didn't mention it, you know, when I hear other fans call in and like mention Volpe, I'm like, the kid has the makeup to play here. And there's certain players, there's certain prospects that you do have to keep for that right makeup. And, you know, they may not show something right away, but they do show some flashes. And, you know, as a person that was a big Bertie Williams flat fan, mm-hmm. you know, this, it took him a very long time before he even hit that, you know, all-star level. So it's time to, you know, so there are some, some pre, so it's about picking the right players. And this is kind of where it comes to, you know, where, the staffing of the Yankees and the total management of it, because, you know, when Stick Michaels and, you know, Watson and, you know, Cashman were all here, you know, mm-hmm. you, it felt like there was a better understanding of their prospects and their psychology because you went when George wanted to, you know, conveniently trade them all, you know, as we all know, the Trey Buner joke on Seinfeld. So it's kind of, you know, we have to, you know, pick, pick our, pick our choices. And this is where, you know, how he's got to show that he, 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 he got this ownership ownership down pack because watching legacy on Hulu, I'm a little, I'm a little annoyed that, you know, that, that family had a lot more insight and, you know, pressure to actually keep, you know, their dynasty years going as opposed to just accepting getting into the playoffs and this is okay. So that was just my point. And I wanted to, you know, thank you for letting me ramble on Larry. All right, Jose, thanks for checking in. Glad you had a good time at the, the Mark Sasso softball game yesterday. So you hanging that picture with you with the legendary Bill Daughtry. And, uh, you know, always have I, I, something always, I've got to get down there to hang out with uh, Don and the, and the crew down there. They do a, they, it's a great job what they do for, uh, for their benefit. And, um, you know, just, just it's great. It's great. And I know it was kind of hot. So <laughs> kudos for everybody who are out there. Um, you know, Jose, you make an interesting point. You talk about Bernie Williams, but that was the era of the then Columbus shuttle. And Yankee fans, oh, the Yankee fans will remember. Of if you if, if you didn't produce on the Columbus shuttle back down to the minor leagues, come up back down to the minor leagues, come up back down to the minor leagues. So uh, if they still had that, they would have frequent flyer miles <laughs> today with some of the issues that the Yankees have had offensively, and and there've been a lot of changes. And listen, I would say that if I were a Yankee fan, I would be concerned that the end result is not the way. I'd like it to be, right? But I don't know that the way to get there is still good today. I don't know that it would work today as it worked back then. The way to do it, the road to get there has got to be a little different than the road was when the shuttle days and the late George Steinbrenner was in charge. I get the accountability aspect of it, and I think that is not just Yankee fans. I think that transcends any sport for any franchise that you root for. 
when it doesn't go right, you want somebody to take the blame for it. Okay. When it doesn't go right, you want accountability. You want to hear from somebody who say, you know what? That's, I messed up. That's on me. And really, that's what you're really getting with Steve Cohen right now, right? He's getting, I messed up. This is on me the way this has turned out. I'm unhappy with it. And we got to do something to change it. And that's what he's doing. Steven's in Michigan. Steven, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry, how you doing? Great. How are you? Pretty good. Um, so the mess season's obviously been a complete disaster. But uh-huh. the thing is, it was ill-conceived in the very beginning to think that two 40-year-old pitchers were going to be your long-term solution. And right now, the good thing for them is that they can buy their, their way out of their issues. They can buy their way out of mistakes and get back prospects if they want. I guess one of my bigger questions is, do you trust Billy Epler to evaluate the talent and bring them in? Because you're not going to be able to build a sustainable starting rotation off the free agent market. Mm-hmm. They're older. They're just not, you know, the solution. So outside of Kodai Senga, who is your guy that you look at and say, I like him long-term and how is it going to get better? Because they can keep on spending money in free agency, but they've got to find some young options. Steven, you're a thousand percent right. And thanks for the phone call. That's what they have to do. And you have to lean on maybe not Epler, but you lean on the folks that's are, that are your boots on the ground scouting guys. That's who you rely on because there's no guarantee Epler's going to be here next year. Even in the, even in the, any kind of role, much less the role he's in now, there's no guarantees. None. So you have to rely on the scouts who are, you've got out there in the field and what they see and what their track record has been. That's the only way to go here. And the long-term solution was not going to be Scherzer and Verlander, Stephen. That's the short-term solution. That was the Mets thought of, hey, these guys are really good. And in a short series postseason, I mean, I got Scherzer and Verlander off the top of my rotation in the short series. You know, I, I could be 2-0 and I get to pitch one of them twice, maybe both twice, depending on how the series and the days all fall. So that was their thought process. That was, listen, we've got some pieces here where we can win now. And if we can win now, then we'll figure out trying to find a way to build our minor league system while we're doing this. That was the game plan. Okay. It didn't work. So now they're resetting it. And you're right. That's what money can do. It can help you buy out, pay off your mistakes. But they understand, and that's why you saw Cohen talking about it a lot in his presser, that, hey, we know we have to build our minor league system. And clearly it wasn't what he thought it was. But now we'll get a chance to see what's going on. Because with this season done, we can – there's no – there's no pressure to, okay, we can't play, 
we can't play Beatty because he's struggling. And we need we need to win this game. Okay, I can play him. I can play Alvarez. I can play Vientos, which Buck has been doing. And I read an article where he is committed to trying to keep him in the lineup. Because bottom line is they need to see what he can do. And he's been working on trying to get you know, better defensively at first base and at third base. So they, they need to see what they have here. And there's other players in the minor league system that need to be brought up so we can see what they can do. Got to be able to see. You have to determine what you have. Now, I would say, just by the fact that we've got and they were able to pick up Luis Angel Acuna, I mean, you know, Acuna's killed me a number of occasions. <laughs> That's a Mets fan. <laughs> so if he can be close to his brother, we're good. Now, it'll be a couple of years before we see him, but we're good. Okay? We're good. That he could be a positive piece. And let's be honest, he has to be. Because you're paying $35 million for him. I mean, let's be honest, that's what you did. By you trading Scherzer and getting him to opt in next season for Texas, you had to pay $35 million of his salary. So you need him to produce. Now, all reports indicate that Justin Verlander is going to pitch today. He's in the clubhouse. He's getting ready. So we'll see. So if, if he is moved, it won't be before his start today. And see, that's the interesting question, right? Because is he the guy that you want to keep for next season? Do you roll him over while you figure out the rest of your rotation? I mean, I wouldn't think that Carrasco would be back. Just me. I mean, McGill, what, what, what? He's getting bombed in the minors. Saw some reports a couple of days ago. They're still trying to figure out what happened to him. Peterson's been better. He's had some decent outings on in relief. And he's a lefty, so listen, he's going to get a little extra cushion anyway. But what about this rotation? And yes, there are a couple of free agent pitchers that will be available. Blake Snell is one. I mean, I don't know. He's got an injury thing. I don't know. So once again, they're going to have to spend some money maybe for one or two spots in the rotation, possibly. But the rest of this season, that's what they have to do. And I would think, that maybe some pitching prospects are going to be involved in the trades that they will continue to move forward with. And what are the Yankees going to do? Are they really going to try to go all out and bring in Juan Soto? I don't know that they have enough, but I'm sure they're going to do everything they can because this offense does not run by judge alone, even though they'd like to think so. Pat Ragazzo, SI.com, joins me next on 98.7 ESPN.